It was a massive undertaking, a major project that required intensive, thoughtful planning and a whole lot of time. But the 76ers are now ready to unveil their brand new sweatshirt gray, Rocky and Creed inspired Nike City Edition uniforms. TJ McConnell is going to share some stories from his instantly iconic photo shoot at the Kissin' Fresh Meats Locker. They told me about it, and I said, let's go all in with it. So wanted to kind of reenact that scene from Rocky, and it was frigid in there, but it was still fun. And we'll also hear from Zach Lowe, the excellent ESPN Hoops writer, who did a story on the City Edition unis. And we'll also pick his brain about the state of the Sixers, too, including Joel Embiid. I think defensively he's even better than he was last year. And just his post game is just outrageous. There's just no one that can stop him. That's coming up on this City Edition-centric edition of the broadcast. Good to be speaking to you out there in podcast land, 76ers podcast land to be exact. My name is Brian Seltzer from Sixers.com. Thank you, as always, for checking out the podcast. Yes, we are going to be discussing in depth the City Edition uniforms for this year. I like them. I really, really like the shorts with that retro 76 logo on the side inspired by the Bicentennial logo for the city of Philadelphia. But it really is just an amazing process to learn and uncover more details about everything that not only the 76ers business operations department went through to work with Nike to put the city edition uniforms together, but also the buy-in and the engagement and the support that players on the team themselves had in the campaign to launch the City Edition uniforms. The Sixers will debut the uniforms in their game on Friday, November the 9th, against the Charlotte Hornets and wear them seven more times on the season after that. So I think it's a cool storyline. It's something different. And we're going to hear from TJ McConnell and Zach Lowe about that subject. And Zach will also dig a little bit deeper into what he's been seeing from the Sixers through the first three weeks of the season. Reminders before we get started that to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so in a couple ways. You can head to Apple Podcasts, you can go to Google Play, you can go to Stitcher, Pocket Casts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, type in Sixers Podcast Network, that will take you to our feed. I'll tell you, at least in the world that I live in, it is it is always great to podcast, but even better so after an encouraging outcome. And the Sixers had that on Wednesday night. They went to Bankers Life Fieldhouse, a difficult place to play in Indianapolis, looking to bounce back after a bumpy defeat on the road at Brooklyn on Sunday. And you know what? The Sixers, they did just that. 194, third win in their last four games, 7-5 and five on the season. Joel Embiid was great, per usual. Ben Simmons, highly impactful, per usual. But what was a really nice development from the win at the Pacers was that the Sixers got some really important contributions from members of the supporting cast, guys like Dario Sharch. How awesome was that to see Dario break out for an 18-point game, 4-6 from three-point territory? Robert Covington, all 13 of his points in the second half, big in giving the Sixers a boost going into the fourth quarter. Markel Fultz was at the controls when the Sixers made their move to take control of the game. And more great things from Landry Shamit, who had 12 points in the game. So a nice note for the 76ers to head in to the weekend on. But yes, as we look ahead in particular to Friday's home game versus the Charlotte Hornets Military Appreciation Night, Sixers going to be rolling out those great City Edition uniforms 
We're going to get Zach Lowe's thoughts on those in just a moment. But first, let's go to T.J. McConnell. T.J. was involved in the Sixers marketing campaign launch for the City Edition uniforms. He'll talk to us about that. But we first started off our conversation after practice about how Brett Brown handles the team after a tough game like the one in Brooklyn, setting the tone for a bounce-back victory, the likes of which the Sixers had Wednesday in Indy. Keeping the spirits up, telling us what we did wrong, and we just have to be better. It's on us players. I mean, he could complain and tell us what we did wrong until he's blue in the face, but if we don't go out there and change it, there's really nothing he can do about it. So it's on us as a team, and uh, he did his part as a coach to tell us what we did, and now we got to go fix it on the court. Three weeks in, what have you liked? What do you think are some of the biggest areas for improvement? Um, I just think offensively, we've got to keep moving the ball, play with pace, um, and that'll lead to our defense. We're scoring and getting back, and, and, and that's where we're at our best is when our defense is set. We just got to we just got to talk better and, uh, like I said, play together as a team. All right, City Edition uniforms. First of all, give me your astute design eye review of the City Edition uniforms. You know, that's not my line of work. So, you know, I think they're cool. Uh, kind of shows the heart of the city, and, you know, I like the gray. It's a nice little uh, change of pace, and um, hopefully we play well in them. I know you guys as players put in so much work preparing to go out there for a game, but when you read about the amount of thought the business side puts into the circle of stars, the sweatshirt, gray texture, all that stuff, does that ever kind of, like, blow your mind that on the marketing side that much thought is put into it? I mean, you got to give them so much credit for being able to do something like that. So all, all, all credit to them and um, for, the, for the amount of work they put in. Hopefully we uh, can uh, put that same amount of work on the court and, and play well. How did you get approached about the idea of going to Kiss and Meets for what is now a very instant iconic photo? I, uh, they told me about it, and I said, let's, let's go all in with it. So um, wanted to kind of reenact that scene from Rocky, and it was frigid in there, but, you know, still fun. Did you watch Rocky a lot back in your younger days? Back in the day, but um, you know, I still could rewatch him again. Where will that photo in the McConnell household go? Next to the wedding pictures, do you think, or is there a place for it yet? I think that will be, uh, you know, right in the ceiling when we wake up <laughs> so we can both see that lovely picture in the morning. All right, TJ, thanks. Thank you. TJ McConnell, rare does an interview go by where there is not at least some dose of tongue-in-cheek commentary from the fourth-year 76er. You've probably had to have seen by now the photo or photos from TJ at the Kiss and Fresh Meats factory locker in Fishtown just off of Delaware Avenue. It is great recreating that scene from Rocky with the black knit winter cap, the cut-off gray um, sweatshirt with another sweatshirt underneath it, the bloodied tape-wrapped around the hands. Just phenomenal stuff. All part of the 76ers City Edition uniform launch. It's going to debut on Friday versus the Charlotte Hornets. We'll hear from Zach Lowe in a moment, but first... Let me tell you about the Delaware Bluecoats' upcoming home season. It is going to start because the 76ers Fieldhouse in Wilmington is still under construction. It's going to start at the center. Yes, the same building where the 76ers play on November the 20th at 7 o'clock. And the big thing is this. The first 10,000 fans through the gates 
will receive a limited edition bobblehead of the big man himself, all-star Joel Embiid tickets starting at just 15 bucks for the lower bowl, and they are on sale now. A great opportunity to bring the family out, get them close to some live professional basketball action, and leave with a complimentary on-the-house Joel Embiid bobblehead. Here's the ticket information. Sixers.com backslash bluecoats, or you can call 302-504-7587. 302-504-7587. Coats, coats, coats. Zach Lowe, one of the best basketball writers covering the NBA around. He is the senior writer for ESPN. In addition to being able to break down all 30 of the teams in the league at the drop of a hat and probably tell you about each of the 17 players on each of those 30 teams, he is also big into marketing things around the league, whether it's court designs, jerseys. He also did an article on the Sixers City Edition uniform release uh, called Gonna Fly Now Inside the Sixers' New Rocky-Inspired Uniforms. And it is great to be able to welcome Zach to the podcast right now. Zach, what's up? Thanks so much for taking a few minutes. My pleasure. How are you doing? Doing great. So let's just start and get right into it. What do you think of the unis? Uh, I like them. Uh, I like them actually more than uh, more than I thought I would when I first saw them in person, uh, whenever that was. Like, um, you know, the actual jerseys themselves. I, my first instinct was, oh, they're a little dull. I like the idea, but they're a little dull. And the more I saw them and the more I looked at them, the more I liked them. I, I like them overall. What were some of the uh, finer point details that stood out to you? Uh, I, liked, uh, I, I, I like the blue and red striping. Um, I think that gives it a little pop that it needed. Uh, everyone's going to love that, like, a like that championship belt thing that goes along the the belt area of the Jersey. And I think they were, I think it was a cool idea to go no letters. I I think that's going to be controversial. There are only a couple of jerseys that have ever done that, but I, I I feel like if you're going to have 9,000 jerseys every year, like at least have some, you could at least go crazy on some of them. And that's kind of what the city edition space should be for, right? I mean, it seems like it's something different, a place and space to experiment in, right? Yeah, it should be. I mean, something that's like hyper local, a little bit experimental, like these teams that just have these boring, just like, let's just make a black alternate of our regular jerseys or let's just care like the Spurs are just carrying over the same camouflage jersey every year. Like, come on, let's 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 get with it a little bit. I know that you were big into NBA art and jerseys and stuff like that. Were you pleased to see that Ball and Ben has a little bit more of a prominent presence in these uniforms? Uh, I do like Ball and Ben. I, I'm a fan. I think I think years ago, didn't they have some poll about like what the mas- mascot should be? And it was between him and a moose and something else. And, and and I don't remember who won, but I thought Ball and Ben was clearly the best of those of those options. He he's kind of had a um, a mercurial path in Sixers logo history. Like he's been there, it's been subtle, but now he's front and center. I think it's a good look for him. I think it's a nice spot. Yeah, he's front and center, but he's small. I think too much ball in Ben. Like, it, it is Ben Franklin. You don't want to, like, caricature Ben Franklin too much, but um, I think, you're like, a little, just little small doses here and there I think are good. 
just because I'm so hyper-centric on what happens in 76ers land and the way that the business operation works here, this whole campaign, it seemed like there were lots of layers to it, from not just the thought that went into the jersey design, but what they did taking players out into scenics throughout the city of Philadelphia, Robert Covington on 9th Street in the Italian market, um, TJ McConnell at Kiss and Meats. Do most teams go to this extent when it comes to building out a campaign when it comes to their marketing operations for sure no um uh some teams don't do anything uh some teams do 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 stuff but not not to the extent of having all those photo shoots right and it's also like teams are it's impossible to keep these jerseys a secret now no matter how hard teams try and um and you know you do risk to to some degree the more people that see it the more photo shoots there are the more stuff that you know robert covington's running in public people are going to start wondering what the hell's going on with that uh so you risk that a little bit yeah but teams don't teams don't go to that that length um typically and credit to the Sixers like they take it they take it seriously well from what you've found out and speaking with executives here why does that matter to them on the business side I I think you know there is first first of all they all want to make money right that <laughs> like, is a part of it sure let's, let's let's not let's not overlook the obvious right like these jerseys are items to be sold to fans and they want fans to buy them I do think the Sixers care about um like I hate the word brand just as a, a, just on its face. I hate it. I hate the way it's used, but I do think the Sixers have some sort of, it almost reminds me of the Celtics in terms of like, they have a, a, a deep sort of respect and understanding for, okay, this is like a, a, an, an original NBA franchise essentially with like a pretty glorious and important history. And not only that with an identity that's linked to American history uh, a system of iconography that's like, you know, red, white, and blue stars, all that. Like they like, let's, let's, if we're going to deviate from that, or if we're going to, um, if, if we're going to move away from that, like, let's be careful. Cause that's a pretty significant, like brand of art, a pretty significant look. And, you know, this is the franchise of Wilt and Dr. J like, let's not get a little too crazy. Everything we do looks pretty good. Let's be respectful of that even as we try things like Rocky and whatever else they're going to try in, in coming years. The franchise now also of T.J. McConnell in a meat locker. T.J. has done a lot yeah. of great unexpected things in his career, but if this is truly T.J.'s lasting legacy, there will at least be that photo shot of him in the meat locker. There needed to be. I'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed, as others have noted, that there was not also T.J. McConnell chasing chickens and roosters. <laughs> um, that that needed to happen. That seems, it seems like a no-brainer. I don't know why that didn't happen. Well, I think that's a great point. Um, i got to ask you about what we're actually seeing from the Sixers so far on the court in a second. But I also was interested, when was, when was your love and kind of your um, niche focus in this realm of NBA dumb? Where did that come from? Was there like a young Zach Lowe gearhead jersey collector, sneaker guy, that sort of thing? No, uh, I was never a sneaker guy ever. Um I don't know. I always liked t-shirts. I was a big, like a lot of guys my age, like I'm, I'm 41 that like those, those t-shirts with the, where everyone had the oversized heads uh, the cartoons with the oversized heads, those became popular. And like, I always liked going to sports memorabilia stores and buying posters and, and, you know, uh, little knickknacks here or there. So I've always just kind of liked all the side stuff about, 
um, about the NBA and about sports in general. And I just, I, when, when I started writing about it here and there, I, I think there were people that were skeptical that like anyone cared. And I kind of trusted my gut. I was like, I think people will read something that's sort of funny and good about court designs. Like, I think people actually kind of are interested in this stuff. And it turns out that they are like it. People are really interested in like the, the, these goofy little things that you wouldn't think they're interested in. All right, let's uh, if if you would in the limited time we have left, um, as we talk about the 76ers and what we've seen so far from them, what have been uh, your impressions the first three weeks of the season? Um, I I was relatively I think a little bit low on them uh, compared to the consensus. Uh, so I'm not surprised that they're having some hiccups offensively trying to integrate Fultz and Simmons with Embiid and all that. Those are, those are very Fultz and Simmons are very unusual offensive pieces, and and it's been a little bit of a struggle and you know figuring out how much to go back to that lineup with Redick that killed the whole league last year and some of their depth issues. But like I I don't I I've sensed just sort of reading. Uh, blog recaps of Sixers games that I didn't, that I haven't watched, um, you know, nights I don't watch them. I sense like some panic among fans, like, oh, this isn't working. I, I, I wouldn't go there. Like, this was always going to be sort of a long term play, trying to figure out how Fultz fits. And particularly the way Embiid has played has been super encouraging. So I, I'm not worried about them yet. I, I think their defense should be better than it's been. And they are eventually going if we get 40 games into the season and the fault Simmons thing isn't working as well as they expected you know and you've already seen Brett I think start to stagger them a little more the last three or four games but they they will eventually have to have sort of a come to Jesus moment of like how much can we really roll all these guys out on the floor together I feel like everyone has their own different idea of this but to you what would constitute a successful productive season for Markel Fultz when it's all said and done in terms of what the Sixers are able to get out of him I mean, he he should defend well. I think he's been a little hit or miss on that end, but he'll be good. Um, he's explosive in transition. Like, all that stuff is there. It's just, you know, he's got to be confident shooting the ball. I mean, I, I don't really care about anything else, honestly, when I watch him. All the other stuff is there, the passing, the transition attacks, the, you know, occasional little cuts here and there. If he just isn't going to shoot, and, I, and and he's shooting here and there, um he just he just has to shoot when the offense dictates that he shoots, and if he gets to that point, that's successful. I don't really even care about anything else, but because that's going to dictate how well he fits with Simmons. And by the way, Simmons Simmons' game hasn't really evolved either. Now it's only his second full season, so maybe that's not fair to expect. But those are two really strange NBA players, very talented. Simmons, I put him on an All NBA team last year. Yeah, I don't think he ended up making an All NBA team, but he made my third team All NBA. Um, but that's that's not an easy. It's it's a good problem to have in terms of they're both number one picks and Embiid is super talented. But it's not that easy of a fit. As for Joel Embiid, another cornerstone for this team. Numbers have been fantastic so far. I mean, even if what he's doing through the first three weeks isn't quite sustainable at this level, I mean, have you seen progress as far as what he's displayed to this point? Yeah, I mean, I think I think defensively he's he's even better than he was last year. He's about as advertised, and just um, you know his 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 post game is just outrageous. I mean, he fouled out almost the entire Pistons team the other day. He's not he just, there's just no one that can stop him. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but the, I, I don't see as many sort of wild turnovers from him as I did last year, and and that's so that was sort of the next leap for him is one of two things: either shoot better from three 
on the ones that you do take, or, you know, when you get doubled in the post, handle that a little bit better. And I think he's handled that a little bit better. And, and part of that is, I mean, no one can stop him without fouling. I mean, he's, he's on the free throw line the entire game. The irony is that that game against the Brooklyn Nets earlier in the week, the turnovers all came from the Sixers pretty much trying to get him the ball rather than what happened once he got the ball. So at least it seems like the reads, like you were saying, um, he's picking stuff up uh, a little bit more. And the other thing is, I I mean, I'm not sure if you get a sense of this um, from people you talk to, whether it's executive, other coaches or players, but for as much as he may talk when he's on the court, it seems like once it's all done, I mean, there's like an underlying sense of either appreciation or respect or a combo of both that people have for him. I don't know if you see it that way, but on the outside that it seems like that exists. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think there are teams who would, who think he kind of talks a little bit too much, but I honestly, I, I hear even from teams who, who feature some of his favorite targets in the league. I, I, I think teams kind of like it because they sense almost that like, it's not coming from a malicious place that it's coming from a place of like, I like the competition. Like, I want you to bring it at me because I'm going to bring it at you. And if you don't bring it to, like, I'm going to foul you right out of the game. But, like, <laughs> I want to get under your skin because I want the best out of you because, that, like, that's what's fun for me, for me, Joel Embiid. And I think, I think coaches and executives on other teams are like, if, if he's going to nudge our players who maybe don't defend as hard as they should all the time or whatever, like, to, to, to be better, like, we're, we kind of like that. Got two more questions for you. Number one. Any surprise at all that J.J. Redick is still ticking the way he does at, at this stage of his career? Nah, he, 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 he several years ago, he, he, he knew I got to, I got to be super serious about my body and my craft and, um, and, and to, to stay around as an impact player in the league. And he does it. And um, he is, he just, he's remarkable the way he moves around the floor. I mean, there are just only two or three guys in the league that really can do that. And it, he's one of them. And lastly, I know you had him on the podcast just before the start of um, the preseason. Elton Brand, new general manager of the 76ers. What do you think he brings to that role? Certainly viewed as one of the all-time nice, good citizens of the NBA, and now he's in a position where he gets to mold the vision of a franchise. Yeah. um, It being one of the all-time nice, good citizens of the NBA means that everyone knows you, everyone likes you, and everyone talks to you, and you get you you get very good at gathering credible intel on players, which is a really underrated part of the job. And I think, look, Elton's going to keep his vision close to the vest uh, as he should. But I, I think I I I think, and I tend to gravitate toward guys who aren't afraid to sort of stick their necks out and have unconventional opinions or, or disagree with people or see something in players that maybe other people don't see um, or, or see that they could thrive in a role that they're not in right now. And I think Elton is a, is a creative thinker who is not afraid to disagree with the consensus. And, and if he feels like it's backed up by his own research and his own work, I, I think, I think that's really important to have in, in a GM. Wouldn't expect anything less, but great stuff from busy man Zach Lowe. Zach, appreciate a few minutes. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Have fun. A wealth of knowledge from Zach Lowe, ESPN senior writer and the host of the outstanding podcast, The Lowe Post. Elton Brand, as we said, was on it towards the end of September. And I thought that was a really interesting point that Zach made about the relational side and strengths that Elton brings to the table and how that might actually be able to benefit the Sixers in some intelligence gathering. 
Anyhow, great stuff from Zach. We appreciate him taking a few minutes. Same goes for TJ McConnell, and same goes to you out there for listening to the podcast. As always, be on the lookout for game rewind editions of the podcast that come your way the day after every 76ers game. And also, if you're on the feed, check out the Sixers history podcast that our bud Curtis Harris did with some of the guys from Basketball Reference. Great stuff. All right, talk to you next time. See you.